So we are doing a panel now, a physical health panel. So that'll help everybody kind of, you know, again, learn about how we hold our grief in our bodies. And we've got two people that I have known for many years. One of them is my sister, Rebecca Horsley Barra. And another is a dear friend and a compassionate friend's brother, Steve Parker. So I'll start with Steve. Steve and I served on the board for many years, uh, for many years together, the Compassionate Friends Board of Directors. He is a bereaved parent and very involved in the Compassionate Friends. And today he serves as vice president of the Compassionate Friend Board of Directors. With the loss of his daughter, Alyssa, fitness was the thing that kept him going. He has helped many find a healthy solution for working through their grief. And I will tell you, it doesn't matter where we are, whether it be a conference, a board meeting, he will get up early and he will go to the gym. <laughs> he will not miss it. I don't care if he's up at four. So he is talking the talk and walking the walk because he knows that that's helped him through his own journey. And then there is my sister, Rebecca Horsley Barra, who is just as committed to exercise. Rebecca Horsley Barra is the Director of Community Outreach and Engagement for the Open to Hope Foundation. She is passionate about helping people heal, heal their grief through a holistic mindfulness approach, which helped her after the death of our brother, Scott, at the age of 17, and our father, Phil, who died about 16 months ago. And like I said, she will also be exercising is at the top of her life. Very important. And then there's David Richman. And his life speaks for itself because this man does Ironman triathlons and endurance events having recently completed a solo 4,700 mile bike ride. David is an author, public speaker, endurance athlete, and author of the book, Cycle of Lives. So welcome to the show, Steve, Rebecca, and David. All right, well, great. Thank you, uh, Gloria and, and, and Heidi. It's, it's always great to see your smiling faces and uh, thanks to Open to Hope for allowing us to do this for a little bit. And uh, hopefully create some uh, ideas of how we can all help each other. So again, I'm Steve Parker, and I'm hosting or facilitating the fit, uh, physical health panel. And I'd like to say that it, it, it's a pleasure to have David and Rebecca with me. And I think our journeys are so different. They're on the same path, but they're going different directions. And I think to start with, you know, sometimes we're talking about just getting off the couch. So I always like to say, don't be intimidated by what other people do. It's your own journey. And hopefully in the end of this short period, it'll give you a few ideas for yourself. So I'm going to jump right in with, with uh, a couple of questions. And I think that's the way we're going to roll in our, in our little segment here. And I'm going to ask the same question to David and to Rebecca. And if need be, I'll throw in my two cents, but if it's, if it's answered in a way you don't need me, then I will just bow my head and smile. So the first one, and David, I'll start with you. Um, how, did, uh, how, did, how did fitness help your journey? Uh, well, my journey is probably 100% based on fitness. Um, at 38 years old, uh, I was an overweight, sedentary smoker, stressed out in life, was not active at all, um, was not living a purposeful life, um, you know, was busy at work, you know, life got in the way. And I just never kind of looked at the guy in the mirror and said, hey, you know, 
who are you and what do you want to do and how do you want to live? And I needed to get myself out of a very, very, I had four-year-old twins and I needed to get us, uh, me and them out of a very a bad uh, uh, domestic situation. So I got us to safety and we just got, kind of caught our breath. And I looked in the mirror and I said, man, oh man, like what the heck is going on with you? Who are you and, and, and what are you going to do? And at that same time, I got a call from my sister, who's only a, a year and change old older than me. And um, she told me that she had terminal brain cancer. And so here I was starting this journey that said, I'm going to start to live a purposeful, self-aware life, which for me meant like, like changing everything and, and back, you know, com compare that against what she was going through, which was a journey to, to end the life journey. And um, so, so fitness for me was everything because it started with, okay, I'm going to, put down the cigarette and I'm going to now start to do something. And I, I went from never being active outside of my teenage years to, um, you know, uh, going for a run, a two minute run, and then a one mile run and then a 5k and then a 10k. And then I did a half Ironman and then I did an Ironman and then I did two and then I did five and then I did hundred mile runs and 50 mile runs. And I just kept going and it really permeated every bit of my life, emotional health, mental health, uh, obviously my physical health and well-being really affected me in every way possible. But it was um, a start from zero to now somewhere along the line of learning how important it is to stay active and stay, um, uh, you know, moving forward towards towards goals that you set for yourself. For me, um, it's, it's meant everything. Thanks, David. Uh, Rebecca, your, your story <laughs> about your fitness journey. Yeah. So I've always been interested my whole life in fitness and, and movement. And, but I really noticed, um, really uh, noticed how much it was helping me after my brother was killed in a car accident when I was 19 years old. And I really, um, used fitness to help me heal. And it was more back then it was running and doing, you know, it was the eighties during the um, aerobics era doing, you know, aerobics and weightlifting and just anything to sort of move my grief through my body. But through the years um, I've noticed that slowing down a little bit, doing yoga and meditating and doing more purpose, purposeful exercise before it was just avoiding my feelings. Now it's really, now I'm tuning in and getting in touch with my feelings. And I, that's been my journey probably for the last 20 years of just paying attention because I, I noticed that um, if I didn't pay attention running and, and exercising in a hard, kind of a hard, more of a hardcore way was, was avoiding my feelings. And now I'm in a place of paying attention to my feelings and using my yoga practice and other forms of exercise to pay attention to what's going on in my body. And also I've uh, found it to be just such a great source of dealing with any stress um, that's coming up for me. Just, you know, I need to go and do that yoga class or go for a walk or whatever the exercise is to help me move the grief, the sadness, the stress, whatever it is through my body. Um, and I love the saying is you have to feel to heal. And so I would, and to this day, you know, really pay attention to how I'm feeling and maybe when I'm overdoing or need to get up off the couch and do a little bit more to move 
grief or sadness or whatever it is I'm dealing with um, through my body and to pay attention to what's going on as well. That's great. And, and kind of what I thought from the very beginning with the three of us is even though obviously, like I said, we're on the, we're on a similar path, but maybe on a different mountain. Um, I was always the fitness guy. I was a three sport letterman in high school and now I'm an ADD salesman. So I was always moving. So I wasn't nearly as purposeful as Rebecca, let's just say, or having to heal like David, but it was just part of my life. And I didn't even realize, I mean, 10, 15 years into my grief, I looked backwards. And I think a lot of what I talk about and how I feel has to do with what kind of happened organically without me thinking about it. And the parts of my journey where I gained weight and lost interest and my daughter passed away at the age of two. Um, and I was in my late thirties and having two other healthy children, which is a blessing, but all of a sudden I was in my early forties, 40 pounds heavier than I am now and woke up one day. And even though I had never really gotten off the, the fitness kick, you don't have to. So it, it really putting focus back the other way. And I think for all of us, it's really about finding how you connect thera uh, therapeutically as well as physically. You can't create a journey for somebody else. It's almost like I think it needs to be created by yourself in your own image of something that you can do. So what are, what are three, uh, three things you would advise someone at any level in physical health, David? Well, for me, it's it's not three different three things. It's three things uh, along the same path. And, and it took me a lot of years to figure this out. But um, I, I, at least for me, what the formula is, and I, I, I've talked to you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people about this, and it kind of goes, whether it's a physical journey or a, a mental or emotional healing or whatever. And, and that is the, the, this three-step process, which is one, being able to be really honest and do an honest assessment of where you're at. I think we're really good at not taking a good look at ourselves because we're worried about other people or maybe we don't want to admit that we're, we have frailty or whatever. Um, but when I stood in front of that mirror and said, all right, man, like really, who are you? I, I made a very, very honest assessment of the things that I did well, that I felt good about the things that I didn't uh, do or the things that, that, that weren't good for me that I needed to get rid of people, um, my attitudes, whatever. And I just said, man, you got to take an honest assessment of where you're at. That's number one. Number two is you need, in my case, I think you need to clear your mind. And that is either forgive yourself for not doing the things that you knew you should have been doing for years, right? How many times did I hear quit smoking and eat better and be active? And I never heard it. Right. And I could keep carry that around forever as guilt and as a, as a stumbling block. And so in my case, freeing my mind meant um, to forgive myself. Maybe sometimes we just need to accept things or we, we just have to fit into the circumstances that life had given us and just let go, let go of whatever it is that says to you, you're already here and you can't get there. Right. For whatever reason, just let it go. Just just free your mind. And then the third part is if you can do those first two things in my mind, then you can lean into whatever you're trying to do. You can learn. And, and I don't think a fitness journey is, is from A to B. 
it's from A to infinity. It, it is just a learning thing. Um, uh, you know, right? Hi, uh, Rebecca, you 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 did more running and then you did more yoga and then you do meditation. You do then maybe you'll go to something else. Who knows? One of these days you might become a CrossFit queen. Whatever whatever the thing is that you want to do, it's just learning. And so for me, everything that I do is is learning, but I do it with a free mind. And I do it with as much of, of an honest assessment of who I am, what my limiters are, and what I need to accomplish to feel good about myself. And so that's my three-step uh, process or the three things that I would do. Thank you, David. Rebecca, please. So for me, or what I'm thinking about this uh, question is, the first is to do something that you love. Um, I've got a brother-in-law who loves to dance. So he puts on his iPod. And he goes down in the basement and he dances for an hour by himself. And <laughs> I love that. And that is, that's what he enjoys. So really finding something you love. I mean, exercise doesn't mean if you don't like going to the gym and, you know, lifting weights, unless that's what you love. But if it's not, if there's something else you love, just find something that resonates with you, that you would, that you love to do. And even if it's uh, taking a walk around the neighborhood, a slow, mindful walk, smelling the flowers, whatever it is, but choosing something that interests you. Um, and there's a term that I love called bio-individuality. We're all very different and different things work for different people. And so really discovering what works for you and where your passion is, instead of someone telling you to do it, figure out you know, what you are interested in. And then secondly, I would say, find an exercise buddy or even someone to hold you accountable. You know, I'm gonna to commit to, you know, walking twice a week. And maybe you can either go with a neighbor or a friend, or if you prefer to walk alone, then just say, hey, will you check in with me to make sure that I walked twice this week? You know, so something like that to find someone that will help you be accountable. Um, so you stick with it. And then lastly, um, I would say kind of along those lines is exercise like anything is a habit. So just making the habit and scheduling it in your calendar, um, make it as important as that, you know, that meeting that you have or, you know, whatever other appointments that you have, you know, we prioritize that, but often we don't prioritize our um, physical health or our exercise. So mark that in your calendar as though, you know, block out that time as though it were a meeting, take time for yourself and prioritize yourself. I mean, those are you, you, you two not hit it out of the park for me because that's really make it something. It's a lifestyle. And it, I mean, people think I'm crazy, but I do get up before work. I travel, uh, whether it's a silly little hotel gym or maybe just walking around, whatever, whatever I can do. And it doesn't have to be the same thing. And the only, the other thing kind of towards David's comment, and obviously Rebecca touched on this, is that you know, you're not even going to really know what you like to do in the exercise world if you've never done anything. So dabble in it, you know, try this, try that, it, you know, and, and, and again, lifestyle and convenience. If you have a certain lifestyle that doesn't allow you to do it first thing in the morning, but you're a night person, I mean, just, but do schedule it. I, I do believe in that and accountability, whether you're holding yourself accountable and anytime you can do it with a buddy, because I know plenty of times when I train with somebody, it wasn't my best day to be training, but I'm there for the other guy. But by the time I walk out the door, I've, I've gained so much. And 
80% of exercise, which is right on the wall of my gym, is walking in the door. So if you walk in, you spend less time and don't do as much as you wanted to, you, you can check the box and come back another day. So um, ideas so for Steve, let me, yes. Steve, sure. Steve let, let me just interrupt you for one thing. I mean, look at every every speaker says it, right? I showing up is 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 eighty percent of the battle, right? For mentoring, for support groups, for the gym, for healthy eating, for whatever. I'm showing up. That's what you got to do. It's so hard, but it's so simple. Yeah, it's the. Ahead, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, that's great. It's it's the tortoise and the hare. You know, you can jump in and do all kinds of crazy things, and you know, train for races. But if that's not who you are, it's just going to lead to fatigue and burnout. And then now I'm not doing anything. It's almost better to go slowly and take it a little bit at a time and find your comfort zone and then build on the comfort. So I'm going to, uh, I mean, I'd like to jump in with ideas. Uh, for getting started, whether you're starting or restarting, because most of us have done something in the past. So sometimes getting back into it or hey, look, if you're the person who didn't like this, what, what do we do like like the brother-in-law who likes to dance? I mean, that's a great way to get your heart rate up and your blood flowing and create some of those happy endorphins. And we all know with grief, we could use a few more of those happy endorphins. So David, if you would start us again, please. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say a really good idea is to set whatever the goal is and then pick up the phone and call or text like eight or 10 friends and go, this is what I'm going to do. And I want you to check on, uh, check in on me by X date because we don't ever want to let other, sometimes we'll let ourselves down, but we don't ever want to let other people down. So if you want to go do a 5k or sign up for a dance thing or join a yoga group or go run a marathon or whatever, just go tell a bunch of people and say, Hey, do me a favor, check in on me in eight or 10 weeks or something. And then see if you don't do what you need to do to get moving. I think that is a great way to do it. I'll often like sign up for a race and then tell everybody I'm doing it. And then I'm like, Oh, I have to do it. Like I have to, now I have to. If I didn't tell anybody, I could hide. I, I didn't have to do it. So I, I like that idea of, of having people um, hold you accountable because we don't want to let them down. Great. Thanks, David. Rebecca, we're running short on time. But if you can give us uh, one of your nuggets of wisdom to, to sign off into the afternoon with, that would be so awesome. Great. I would just say to be realistic and baby steps. I mean, don't, oh, I'm going to exercise seven days a week for two hours. And then you don't do it at all because you've you're discouraged that you haven't been able to keep up with that. It can be as much as it can be as little or as much as you want, but start small. Like I'm going to get up and walk for 10 minutes in the morning. I'm going to go walk around my house or my backyard or start small baby steps. And then, and then notice how you feel. Notice how you feel if you start the morning off by walking for 10 minutes, like, and that will encourage that you'll internally, you'll tell yourself, I want to do more. That felt really good. I've got all this energy this morning. I haven't even had a cup of coffee. You know, so start small, be realistic, and don't be hard on yourself. Grief is tough. And, you know, often we want to, I know I did, wanted to go into my bed and put the covers over my head and everyone leave me alone. And until I got up and started moving, did I realize, you know, I'm moving through my grief. I, I'm not ignoring it. I'm moving through it. So start small, be kind to yourself, give yourself positive messages. And yeah, don't, don't get overwhelmed. Super, that spectacular note to leave us on. Thank you both for joining me and uh, 
Gloria and Heidi, again, super appreciative to have a little bit of time to share, uh, I don't know if you'd call it wisdom, but ideas and uh, appreciate you both and open to hope. You too, and an important message. Health is so important.